This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals' Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield, going for Hopkins. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals' Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. So it's only been one week since our last show here, and well, a lot has happened and that is something that we have come to expect in the national football league remember we closed last week's show talking about the schedule which we will get to the 2021 regular season schedule is out but first rookie minicamp was held over the weekend we've got our thoughts but b train one hello two remind us how important those three days are yes it's getting your feet wet but remember a year ago no rookies there was actually nothing done either in the building or at the facility how important were those three days you think for those young for the rookies and the other young players well good morning first of all and i think for these rookies now it's going to be imperative that they assimilate themselves to the atmosphere and that they learn that Phoenix is a different climate than a lot of the places that they may have been before here. And this heat is a different type of heat. And I think even more than the X's and O's type of situation, I think that they're going to have to acclimate themselves to this weather because I know even coming as a veteran, when I came as a free agent, that first mini camp, it, it was culture shock. My, my body was not quite ready for the heat. And to condition yourself for that and to hydrate and, and get yourself physically ready to go out there and, and, and practice and run around for an hour and a half or so, that, that, that's as big of an adjustment as anything else. So, yes, you want to get acclimated to the building. You want to learn all the different places to go, meeting rooms, locker room, all that kind of good stuff. But Phoenix is a different beast in that you've got to make sure from a physical standpoint that you're able to acclimate yourself to this type of, of heat and, and, and condition yourself as such. It's a good point. They were on the field Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Media availability only on Friday for about 25, 30 minutes, and it was in the morning, temperatures in the upper 80s. It felt good being out there, MJ. It, it was you know a limited amount of time that we got to see, and mainly it was about stretching and going through a couple of drills. 27 total players, including the seven draft picks. There was just one quarterback. That was Cole McDonald. Some couple of familiar faces, Evan Weaver, the linebacker, the six-round pick, from a year ago spent all last season on the practice squad wide receiver aj richardson was a part of it as well but i know people want to know about the draft picks well i mean i thought there was a lot of energy out there i think there were 22 coaches um, and so you had you know just a lineman on the offensive lineman and then the d line so they kind of evened it out with uh, some of the drills they were doing um, but all eyes were on the first two uh, picks in the draft and that would have been Xavier collins and then rondell moore I uh, really like the Sean Jefferson, some of his drills, something we haven't seen in the past. The new wide receivers coach. The new wide receivers coach, he jumps in the drills. But, you know, what impressed me with Collins where, you know, they, they were huddling up and he had to make sure he got the call in and getting guys lined up. And, yeah, it's on seven on seven. But he showed the leadership that they talked about, that alpha male. 
and he looks the part uh, wearing number 25. So I think everyone was thrilled just his first couple days, and he as he's maintained, nothing's been given to him, so he's going to have to earn it. We know he's going to be a starter coming up in week one. One uh, quick note before we get into the Collins discussion, just because we brought it up last week, B-Tran, I do need to acknowledge the fact that Victor Dimukeji wearing number 92 did look very good out there. I think he fills out that uniform 6'2", 262, rushing from the outside edge. Um, you, you know, again, first impressions are important. We still got a long way to go, but uh, I paid attention just for you. I appreciate that, and you know he's got to have that swag. He's got to have that walk. He's got to have that coolness to him. And it's one thing to fill out that that outfit, but you got to go out there. You got to make those plays. I keep telling you, it's all about production. Once you get the production, then all that other stuff just flows naturally. And so, uh, if he's off to a great start, then hey, I fully endorse it. Well, speaking of a great start and literally start, Zayvon Collins, the 16th overall pick, the linebacker out of Tulsa, Mike linebacker, and it was made very clear by head coach Cliff Kingsbury that the expectation is that Collins and Isaiah Simmons will start week one at inside linebacker. That pairing, here's the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Two really fast trees, which is good, but when they line up, they'll win the uh, prettiest linebacker duo award when they line up side by side, I mean, that, those are two big, long, um, athletic cats. And, and so we know there's going to be growing pains. Obviously, two guys who, who are getting, you know, indoctrinated to the league. Isaiah played some last year, but um, as far as a full-time starter goes, this will be kind of his first run at it. But um, they're athletic enough to make up for some of the, uh, you know, experience they don't have. And, and we're excited to grow with them and, um, you know, see what they can become together. No question the athleticism B-Train. You're talking 6'4", 6'5", 250, 260, and guys that can move not only north-south but east and west. And if you've got two inside linebackers, as we've seen before within the division, 49ers, Seahawks, last year with the Buccaneers, if you have two inside linebackers, then all of a sudden the rest of the defense kind of takes their key from those two guys. Yeah, they do, but but Cliff, 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 we we got to work on the, the the adjectives to describe these guys. You you can't use pretty to describe the two inside linebackers. I mean, I look, I understand, you know, you it, it was it was spur of the moment you wanted to be reactionary, but man, no, we we can't go with the pretty. We don't, we're gonna have to come with different names and different adjectives to describe those guys. They're athletic, uh, they're young, they're 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 sleek, they're dynamic. Those are all great adjectives, but 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 pretty. Ooh, I, I, don't, I don't know about that one. But I, I do like the idea of two tall, athletic guys that can cover a lot of ground being on the field at the same time. Now, youth will be the one thing that works against them, but I think it also can be something that works for them because they've got young, fresh bodies that are eager to get out there and be physical and play a physical style of football and, and the fact that they'll be able to to do a lot of things and play three downs. I think that's going to be the biggest thing for both young inside linebackers, the fact that they will never have to come off the field and you can count on them for at least 40, 50 reps per per game. You know, B-Train, last week, maybe after the draft, you, you told me that, you know, based on him playing his natural position, you know, he should be able to be a little bit further ahead maybe than a guy like Simmons, who obviously played nine different positions at college. But the importance of that, what is his biggest adjustment going to be besides the speed of the game if he's calling the defense? The thinking. He's going to have to think because now he's in a brand-new defensive scheme. He's going to have to really get into the playbook. And, and for Mike, for him, it's just going to be the physicality. And, yeah, you were thumper and you're a big guy, but you're going to be thumping on much bigger, stronger 
men uh, this this go around. You're talking about the NFL. You're talking about the best of the best, and these guys have extremely bad intentions. They're they're trying to do their job to feed families, and it's not just about being on scholarship and 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 playing for good old university. You, know, you you going out there because this is your livelihood. This is how you provide, and so. Uh, that's going to be the biggest adjustment. But if he's up to the challenge and he's willing to put in the work and, and lift the weights and, and, and uh, do the physical conditioning, then I think he'll be fine. It's just a matter of him taking that first hit, getting a feel for how physical this game is going to be in, inside those trenches and, and making sure that he's adjusted and, and able to, to still play and react at a very high level. I'll say this, B-Train, Collins does have the right mindset. At least he's saying the right things because there were maybe three or four different occasions when we had the opportunity to speak to Collins on Friday and hearing Kingsbury say, yeah, we expect him and Simmons to be the starters week one. Collins was asked about it, and he was very upfront and honest and said, look, I have nothing. I have not earned anything as of yet and he didn't want any part of that conversation i like the attitude he was also asked what he think he needs to work on between now and that first game at tennessee you gotta elevate all your game coming in as a rookie to play in, at this level you know no matter where you're at uh, you gotta elevate every single part of your game because those guys who have been here for four or five years they know way more than you and they're way better than you uh, they have efficient movement um, they have an efficient mind you can see it whenever you watch them um, especially on Sundays compared to, you know, what we're doing here uh, right now. And we just try, as a team, just got to build to get to that. The other parts of this story, B-Train, and I want to get your thoughts, is the fact that according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, Jordan Hicks, the Cardinals have given him permission to seek a trade. He's already accepted a pay cut, but now something has happened. I don't know what, but we've heard now that Simmons and Collins are going to be the week one starters. They've been handed those jobs, so to speak, yet last year it was Jordan Hicks who was the quarterback of the defense. He was that Mike linebacker. Now all of a sudden he's relegated to a backup role if he's even on the team come week one. Where do you stand on all of that? It's the business of the NFL. You have two first-round picks at inside linebacker. You're not going to – let one sit the bench and then, and the other one uh, just be on the field. You you drafted them high for a reason, and you really believe that Javon Collins can come in and and do the same job that Jordan Hicks did at a a little bit of a cheaper rate. And that's just the way that it goes. And you asked me why I wasn't always so big on the draft as a, as a veteran. This is why because when you draft at your position, you know your number your days are numbered as that as that player at that team. Because if they're bringing in a guy that high. They didn't bring them there on the defensive side to sit. Other than the quarterback, there are very few high picks that are expected to just redshirt their first year. They expect them to go out there and perform right away, and they have the same type of expectations for Zayvon Collins. And and you hear the the language when you hear Coach Coach Kingsbury talk. He said, "I, I see them both." I mean, when you, again, the 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 whole you know pretty thing. I mean, I still have my issues with that, but the fact that they're already envisioning that. That just lets you know that they have every intention on have both of these guys be longtime starters for the Arizona Cardinals at inside linebacker. B-Train, what about competition? I mean, you look at Hicks, he played over 1,000 snaps last year. Now, granted, some of those tackles came down the field. Um, you, you look at uh, Campbell, he had 880 snaps last year. I mean, you got Tanner Vallejo, you got Zeke Turner. Um, I, I, I I would think the Cardinals would have some interest in bringing Campbell back, but you're going in there with some young players, and right now they've just been handed the jobs. You follow the money. 
and that that's the that's the business of the NFL. Whoever's making the most money, that's going to play. That person is going to play, and that, and that's just the the basic one on one economics of football. Yes, I like competition at every position, and you got to go out there and earn it. That's how I grew up in the game, starting in 1997. But things have changed. The the the, the economics of it have dictated that the guys that that make the money are going to play, and competition isn't always necessarily the the motivating factor for a guy being on the field. That's just the reality of it. And and when you think so highly of these guys, think about it. They they didn't have a lot of research on these guys. They didn't uh, they weren't able to go and 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 see them in person. And and all this stuff was done virtually. When when you lock in on a guy that high at that position, you have every intention of them coming in right away and making a difference. And so competition is good, but you don't want a guy to ultimately feel like he's looking over his shoulder and play tentative because if he's doing that, then he's going to find himself in positions where he's not going to make plays because he's so afraid to make a mistake. There is going to be a learning curve, and we heard Kingsbury earlier in this segment talking about growing with not just Collins but with Simmons as well and those two guys together. Buda Baker last week on the Big Red Rage offered up what he thinks the biggest adjustment for Collins is going to be here in 2021. The biggest challenge he'll probably get is the speed of the game, kind of. You know, guy, he's – like you guys, you've seen, he's huge, uh, very fast. He thinks of himself as a Brian Erlacher, so it looks like a guy who can shoot the gap and, uh, you know, play man, play zone, do the things that we want him to do on uh, defense. So I definitely think he's going to be well in this league. And that's the one thing we've always heard is the speed, the adjustment from college to pro and how fast everything moves and even faster when you get from preseason to regular season to regular season to postseason, MJ, is all of a sudden that things are just a little bit quicker. And for young players, if you're even just a half step slow or you're thinking just a little bit, all of a sudden you're beat. Yeah, and, and and you go back to Tulsa. I mean, he was covering running backs coming out of the backfield. He was covering tight ends down the field. I mean, we'll see who gets that assignment. Um, obviously, Isaiah Simmons has the ability. You got Buda Baker. You got the Thompson twins. But, you know, uh, I do like the fact that if they can do a much better job stopping the run, he could shoot the gaps. And that really relies on J.J. Watt, Jordan Phillips, and, and Zach Allen. And if this team's going to go base defense, maybe we'll only see two defensive linemen down there with J.J. Watt next to Chandler Jones or Marcus Golden. And guys like Baker and Chandler Jones and Jordan Phillips and J.J. Watt, those veterans, along with a Zayvon Collins, maybe helps them as far as that transition just a little bit as well. Well, as Cliff pointed out, they may not have the experience, but they got the athleticism. Speaking of athleticism, during rookie minicamp, the Cardinals did sign one of the five tryout players. Tay Hayes, cornerback, five foot nine. 188 pounds at Appalachian State. He has been signed to the 90-man roster this offseason. More on rookie minicamp a little bit later on in the show. Coming up next, though, we'll take a look at the schedule, the first eight games of the 2021 regular season schedule. Speaking of schedules, mark it down Monday, May 24th at 7 p.m., Episode 2 of Cardinals Flight Plan on YouTube, the Arizona Cardinals official YouTube channel. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Pressure and taken down, and it is J.J. Watt. It's 
picked up in the air, running the other way with it is J.J. Watt, and he is going to go 80-plus yards for the touchdown. Ball is free, knocked around, and it's controlled by Watt. Picked up, running with it to the 40, to the 30, to the 20. He's gone. Touchdown. What can he do? Portals with time pops. Here comes Watt, and he breaks down Portals in the end zone. J.J. Watt with the sack. Look out from behind. Here comes Watt, and second time he has gotten to the quarterback. Stafford back to pass. Looks, hooks it out left side. Intercepted by J.J. Watt, and he's going to take it in for a touchdown. Ten seasons with the Houston Texans and J.J. Watt this offseason, signing with the Arizona Cardinals back in March. And if we're all being honest here, as we join you here mid-May, that seems almost like a lifetime ago. A lot has happened since that first big move of the offseason for the Cardinals, adding a player to the defensive side of the ball, much to B-Train's enjoyment. J.J. Watt now in a Cardinals uniform, and he'll play his former team in week seven at State Farm Stadium. The Houston Texans will visit as we take a look at the 2021 regular season schedule for the Cardinals. Just looking at the first nine games here, but B-Train, when you looked at the schedule overall, big picture, where do your eyes as a former player go to first? You always want to look at the bye week. That's the first thing you always want to know. Where is the bye week in the season? And you also want to find out where your primetime games are, where you're going to be the only show in town where you can showcase all your skills uh, against another team and in front of all your co- your, your your cohorts and your, your friends and family and, and, and you know, your, your your colleagues and all that kind of stuff. So th- those are the two things that you, you look at. But we, we talked the last segment about the physicality and, and the speed of the game. Well, I think for Saban Collins, lining up against Derrick Henry, that's that's going to be something that, that that's going to be a welcome to the NFL moment because I'm not sure there were a lot of running backs that quite looked like Derrick Henry <laughs> that they played on Tulsa's schedule last year. So it, it, it's going to be a trial by fire right out of the gate. Yeah, week one at the Titans. How about week two, home to the Vikings and Patrick Peterson's return. But you've got Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook back-to-back weeks. If you're looking for some motivation this offseason, MJ, as far as where everyone on that defensive side of the ball should be focused on is, all right, right out of the gate, we're going to learn a lot about the Cardinals' defense and certainly being able to stop or at least slow down the run. One word, physicality, and you got two um... – Defensive-minded head coaches. We know that you know Kirk Cousins is effective when you protect him, and Ryan Tannehill. We'll see how much he misses Arthur Smith. So you're playing really good defensive teams. Uh, really, they don't beat themselves, and and they got two really good backs, and they can spread the ball around. So uh, that's one thing the Cardinals have talked about is being more physical the entire offseason. I think that's why the addition of J.J. Watt and you know some other guys. Uh, they brought in at least on both sides of the ball. So three out of their first four are on the road. Um, and then they get a chance to play, uh, you know, a couple division games in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, the only back-to-back road trips of the season, which I think is outstanding, is weeks three and four at Jacksonville with a new head coach and a new quarterback, and then at the Rams, the first division game, and then week five, a division game against the 49ers. So as you mentioned, MJ, back-to-back NFC West matchups right out of the gate real early on in the season. Last year there were a lot of division games backloaded, and we know the Cardinals lost their last four games within the division. And then comes, which I thought – 
you talked about primetime matchups, B-Train. I, I would have put money on the fact that Cardinals and Browns in Cleveland and what would now be week number six would be a primetime game just because of Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, part two. Murray won the first matchup in 2019, 38-24. But that's the one game that I'm really looking forward to. Here it comes week six on the road on CBS at uh, or on uh, on October seventeenth, yeah, the Browns and the Cardinals are, are two very uh, they're, they're two upstart teams that that a lot of people think a lot of, especially the Cleveland Browns and and of course there's still things to be settled in the off season. We still don't know what the rosters are going to fully look like until you actually kick the balls off. But when you look at the rosters as they are presently constituted, yeah, everybody thinks that the Cardinals are going to make a big step forward. Everybody thinks the Browns in the AFC are going to make a big step forward. Of course, both quarterbacks were Heisman Trophy winners at the University of Oklahoma. They were teammates at one point. So there's a lot of storylines to gather from that particular game. And I think with these two teams, they represent the young upstart version of the NFL that is going to be the future. You you see yourself with Baker Mayfield, with Kyler Murray on commercials. You see them as as being those all pros, those, those perennial pro bowlers, those guys that you see being showcased as as faces of the NFL. And so I I think it's a great opportunity to uh, showcase both of those guys. And keep in mind, too, there's going to be the flex schedule at the end of the season. So you're going to have some opportunities to actually flex into some primetime games. So just because you only have a handful right now, that doesn't mean that that's how many games that you're going to have because – the schedule is subject to change based on how the season plays out. And I need to correct myself. That game is a Fox broadcast, Cardinals at the Browns, but it's that late East Coast window, 4 o'clock on the East Coast, obviously 1 o'clock Arizona time. And speaking of that matchup, Buda Baker offering up his thoughts on facing Baker Mayfield as he was a guest last week on the Big Red Rage. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, a guy who's definitely has showed up and showed who Baker Mayfield can be and uh, that last game they had last year he was throwing some dimes and he's a great QB I'm definitely excited to go against him too I've never played in Cleveland so you know yeah thank goodness it's mid-October exactly I I actually played there two years 92 93 okay (laughs) before I was born yeah (laughs) dang I wasn't even thought of yet you're brutal so brutal We knew we were always big fans of Buda Baker on and off the field, but even more so on that. Anytime you can get a little jab into the Cardinals color analyst, Ron Wolfley, that's awesome. Wasn't even born yet. You can't get any better than that. All right, speaking of how we opened this segment, talking about the first nine games, and I was looking forward to Cardinals and Browns, but I think – J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, MJ, really looking forward to the Texans coming to town in Week 7. I think it would be a bigger deal if it was in Houston, but the fact that Watt, 10 years, wearing that uniform, Hopkins, 7 years, it's going to be a big deal for them. Yeah, and and I got to think that, you know, if, you know, if the game was there, you'd see a lot of 99 and 10 jerseys. Um, you know, they got a new head coach, as you pointed out. Bill O'Brien's no longer there. We want to thank him for everything he uh, did for the franchise, for the Cardinals. But, yeah, it's another game. I'm, I'm sure, you know, revenge is, well, it's against the franchise. And, and obviously, you know, things didn't go well towards the end there in Houston. So, but at the, I think once the game starts, it's about the opponent, and uh, you know you got to be ready. Uh, you can't take it personal and just play another game. Yeah, and those quote unquote revenge games, B train as a, as a former player, and you see that schedule and the opportunity to go against your former team. I mean, how much is that talked about, or maybe is it more an individual thing? 
it's more an individual thing because you you are the one that has the experience at that particular place and with that particular organization, and so that it it, it lasts for about a play, and you, once that play is is over, then it gets back to trying to win the football game. Yeah, there's a lot of thought before the game. There's a lot of thought during pregame warm-ups. You're seeing a lot of old, old faces. You're, you're hugging and you're shaking hands and, and you're reminiscing about the good old days. But then once that ball kicks off, it's really all about business. And, and once that first play is over, once you've got that, that solid hit that you wanted to get, then you're about trying to help your, your present team win. So, yeah, there's – you know, revenge is really not the word. I, I, you always just want to show strong. You, you want to show that that if they had gotten rid of you, that they had made a mistake. And the best way to do that is to have success. Success is always the best revenge, as far as I'm concerned. I think, from a media standpoint, I mean, they're both beloved in Houston, both Hopkins and Watt. And so, I think it'd be a lot of media coverage, and, and the fact that Hop spends a lot of time there. Um, he's got a great fan base there. His foundation. He's ra- you know raising money in both states now. So, I think there'll be a lot of media attention going to that game. But Bertrand's right. Once the game starts, it's, it, it, you got to move on. Yeah, we're all going to want to know what Watt has to say or think, and what D Hop has got to say or think that week. But on the subject of JJ Watt and joining the Cardinals, we know Buda Baker is probably on his way to becoming the leader of the team defensively. Maybe he's already there in terms of longevity and tenure with the Cardinals but last week on the Big Red Rage the subject of J.J. Watt now being teammates with Buda Baker here is the Cardinal safety J.J. Watt a guy who's been doing it for a very long time and a guy who's um, definitely feels a lot of excitement about coming onto the team and talked to guys already texted guys and seen how guys are doing you know he's asked me about guys and you know what they like to do what they don't like to do so he's definitely invested and he's a great player and uh, to see him and Chandler on opposite sides is definitely gonna get get offenses in some trouble. It's good to hear Buda Baker say the word invested, that uh, J.J. Watt, not only uh, we know he wants to be here, but he's also doing what it takes and not just saying all the right things. The uh, first half of the schedule, the last two games as we look at the first nine games here in this segment after the home game against the Texans, a short week. you got the Packers coming to town on Thursday night football. I think this sets up well because you're home on that Sunday. No travel, home again for the Thursday night game. And, of course, B-Train with Aaron Rodgers perhaps – the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. We don't know, but we know what happens when Aaron Rodgers comes to State Farm Stadium. In fact, this will be his first visit to Arizona since that 2015 playoff game that the Cardinals won in overtime. But that's that's another game that I think, even though it's a short week, that people will have a lot of eyes on. No question, and I think that's one of the, 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 the great things about this schedule is that there's a lot of drama. You know, it's I mean, it's it's like watching Young and the Restless. I mean, you know, you you got all these storylines about these guys coming into town, and we know with the Green Bay Packers, who's going to be the quarterback? Is it going to be Aaron Rodgers? Well, even with Aaron Rodgers, the last couple times they've come out to to State Farm Stadium, it hasn't ended well. Even with Aaron Rodgers, so you know, the Cardinals shouldn't have any fear of the Green Bay Packers, even though this is a team that's gotten the back-to-back NFC Championship games, and. The fact that they're going to be all the way across the country uh, on short rest, uh, that, that is a huge advantage for the Arizona Cardinals. And to have the opportunity to, to beat one of the better teams in recent history in the NFC and, and, and maybe replace them as one of those playoff teams, I think there's going to be a lot of storyline behind that game. And I'm, I'm excited to see whoever 
is at quarterback of the Green Bay Packers because who that team is still going to be a very good team with a lot of good players. Yeah, back-to-back weeks, as you pointed out, both home games against the Texans and Packers. And right now, you know, Deshaun Watson, we'll see what happens there, and then Aaron Rodgers. So it'd be interesting to see who the quarterback's going to be because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm with B-Train. Bring on Watson and bring on Rodgers. Yeah, two straight home games and then on the road, week nine at the 49ers, and that will complete the season series against the 49ers as far as within the division is concerned. So that's a look at the first nine games of the 2021 regular season. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. The second half brings the second half of the schedule, plus more on Rookie Minicamp. Straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Don't be bad for him. Don't be bad for him. Hey, I'm right here. Hey, you're going to know these two. Run play to Homer off the right side across the 45. He gets leveled at the 47-yard line. Buda Baker came flying in there with a hit. Brought down by Baker at the 35-yard line. Buda Baker on the safety blitz. Dalton gets hit and slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Over the middle, picked off. Intercepted by Baker at the 15, gets up and runs. Pass near side, picked off by Baker at the 5. Running left to the 10 to the 20. The chase is on. Buda Baker read it, jumped it, picked it. What a day, Buda Baker. Hopefully hear a lot of that in 2021 as we welcome you back to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry as we continue to examine the Cardinals 2021 regular season schedule. The second half, if you will, the final eight games, if you will, which includes two matchups against the Seattle Seahawks. And we know that Buda Baker from that area loves playing the Seahawks, but there is something different, MJ, when you talk about Cardinals Seahawks, whether it's in Seattle or here in Arizona. I mean, and they were 12-4 and four last year, and last time I checked, I think they only missed the postseason one time with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. They retained Chris Carson. You know, they still got some wideouts. Um, defensively, they got some new faces, but, I mean – they're going to go as Russell Wilson goes, but it's always a fantastic matchup. And I, I go back to last year, you know, the the game against the Seahawks kind of, you know, the Cardinals win in week one against the Niners and they get off to a 2-0 start against the Seahawks and they finish 2-4. And, and that can't happen this year. No, that was uh, something that the Cardinals definitely need to basically switch and go 4-2 and two in the division. Week 11 at Seattle and then the Cardinals will close with the Seahawks week 18 at State Farm Stadium. And it is a matchup especially when the Cardinals go to Seattle. Four and two over their past six visits to Seattle. Buda Baker on the Big Red Rage last week talking about going to Seattle and how much fun that is. It was so weird. I, all of 2020 was strange, but to be in Seattle and have no fans. I mean, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I almost missed the 12s, almost missed the 12s, you know, but there, 
they fire you guys up, don't they? That yeah. venue and that noise level, you guys, it just seems like you're guaranteed to play a good game just because it's you against the world in that venue. Yeah, that's how it feels. It's definitely exciting, especially coming out that locker room and that Seahawks heckler always talking, <laughs> saying whatever. Yep. It's, it's definitely fun, um, you know, going against them in, in their hometown for do you, sure. Do you know, uh, was it two years ago, he ripped my backpack. He said, uh, he said my nine-year-old daughter has that backpack. He ripped me, the sideline guy. <laughs> Has he, has he ever had a sign at your expense, or has he said anything to the heckler guy about nope, you? No sign at my expense, but he called me little guy one time, two years ago it was, <laughs> and uh, he called me a little guy before that game, and that game, I kind of, I think I injured like two or three of the running backs that game, and uh, we got the W, and uh, after the game was very cool of him, he definitely accepted the loss, and we shook hands. That heckler right outside the visitor's tunnel. B-Train, you have any stories about the Seattle Seahawks heckler? Yeah, I had that same jerk out there when I was playing. And, uh, you know, I wanted to oops upside his head a few times. But, you know, I, I always digressed and, and I just ignored him and I just took it out on, on his team. So, you know, that, that, that's how you shut guys up like that is you just go out there and you fall out. And when they – see you ball out then they don't have anything to say after that you know they have to shake your hand they have to give you that respect and so I mean, you, you always look for any slight and the, the the biggest competitors are looking for anything to get them going uh michael jordan was a famous guy that used anything and i you know i kind of used that same moniker too like anything i could use to get myself up for a game i was going to use and and that guy was always welcome because he was never not going to motivate me to want to go out there and beat up on the Seattle Seahawks. So I, I loved him, and, and I thought that uh, he was one of my, my favorite guys because I knew I was going to be ready to play once I heard his mouth. Yeah, a lot of yapping, but at least at the end of the game, he's not in the parking lot going home. He's congratulating the opponent. It's just fascinating, though, how many times the Cardinals have won up there, maybe on more under Bruce Arians, um, uh, you know, uh, and then how much they've won here, even though last year the Cardinals were able to take care of it. It's just a great rival, and I think it's very similar to the 49ers when they're, you know, when they're winning and also with the Rams. Well, the Cardinals can go into Seattle on that November 21st and come away with the win. It's going to make the next week that much more enjoyable. Week 12 is the Cardinals' bye week, November 28th. In fact, be trained, it's Thanksgiving week, and, yeah, it's a little bit later of a bye week. We've seen some teams this coming season with buys in week 13, week 14, just because of the 17 games and now an 18-week regular season schedule for the entirety of the NFL. Do you like where the buy is, and especially it happening over a holiday weekend? Yeah, I think those guys will be very thankful for the fact that they have that week off, and, and I think the turkey would taste that much better when you have that weekend off and, and you don't have to worry about leaving early for practice and, and starting the dinner later because you don't get out of practice till later and, and all these other adjustments around family holidays and, and things of that nature. So, yeah, I think for them, they'll have a clear idea of what they need to do in the, the, the last stretch of the season in order to, to make a playoff push or even make a division push. So I don't have a problem with it. I, I just think that they're going to have to really make sure that they're pros about taking care of their bodies and making sure that they do the extra. You, you can't just do what's required in order to get through that type of gauntlet all the way up to Thanksgiving. You, you've got to do some extra massage. You've got to do some extra stretching. You've got to let some professionals come in and, and, and work on you, do the IVs, all those different type of things 
to give yourself an opportunity to compete at the highest possible level. Well, they got to play better coming out of the bye week. This is a team, if you look, last year, three and six after the bye week. Year one under head coach Cliff Kingsbury, two and three after the bye week. And if you want to make a playoff push, you have to have a winning record after the bye, and the Cardinals have not in the first two seasons under Kingsbury. Yeah, and he he likes where the bye is. You just hope this team comes back motivated because then you go on the road. Could be the first, quote, cold-weather game against the Chicago Bears in Week 13. That's going to be an early 11 a.m. start. You know, are we going to see Justin Fields? Is that going to be Andy Dalton? We know they got a good defense. You've also got in that second half primetime games, Monday Night Football, a home game against the Rams. And then how about this B-Train on Christmas Day on the NFL Network? The Cardinals will host the Indianapolis Colts. It's a late kickoff, 6-15. We talk about playing on Thanksgiving on how the Cowboys and Lions own that and then there's now a third game on Thanksgiving Day. But what about playing on Christmas Day? This would be the third time in Cardinals history that they play on Christmas Day. Well, you got to go out there and play. you got to be a professional about it. Most guys would love to be there with their kids opening up presents and all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, to be quite frank, Christmas is one of the few holidays that I really accept as a true holiday. So, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer, but I think – to have that showcase to go out there and play. Usually basketball owns Christmas Day, but I think for the NFL, they, they want to throw their hat in the ring on that, on that holiday and, and, and make sure that, that, that they're represented as well. And uh, what greater opportunity to, to showcase what you can do than to go out there and ball out on, on, on uh, the day that our Lord and Savior was born. I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a great chance to, to, to do what you need to do. And being as that, that'll be during the playoff push. You, you definitely want to go out there and play well against a team that was in the playoffs last year. So I, I, if, if they look at it the correct way, which is a tremendous challenge, then I think this is this will be a great opportunity and, and must-see TV. Well, and then i got to ask you about the next week at the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, AT&T Stadium. We know Kyler Murray likes playing in that building. 7-0, and oh, I can already hear you grumbling whenever anyone mentions Dallas or the Cowboys or the Dallas Cowboys together. Come on, B-Train, yeah. you know you got that game circled on your calendar on January 2nd. Yeah, you know. That, Happy that's New Year, B-Train. You know, you got the Houston Texans, and then you got that other team in Texas. We, we don't even we don't even say their name, but uh, look, I I know that that Kyler and, and crew will be motivated. They had a great experience out there last year, had some success, and and they're going to be a much improved team. You you definitely want to see them at their healthiest, Dak Prescott included, and uh, you 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 just want to beat them because you know that they're going to have a lot of attention. They're going to always have that attention, which is annoying in and of itself, but. The fact is, if you can beat that team, it's more than just one singular game win. It counts a little bit more because of all of the attention that that particular team, the other team in Texas, that it brings. Overall, I think this schedule MJ sets up very nicely. Again, we mentioned that there's just two or just one back-to-back road trip, and that's weeks three and four. There's another two road games, but there's a bye in between. And then basically it's, you know, road home, road home, road home, all the way through the entire uh, schedule. Yeah, I think it's got a lot of balance. And uh, you mentioned the Colts and, and then the Cowboys, and then they host, finally host the Seattle Seahawks on January 9th at 225 right here at State Farm Stadium. First time the Cardinals will end the regular season at home since 2016. And by the way, Single game tickets on sale now. Visit azcardinals.com slash game ticks. 
That's azcardinals.com slash G-A-M-E-T-I-X. Want to see the Bird Gang at State Farm Stadium. When we come back, we'll revisit rookie minicamp, focusing again on the defensive side of the ball because that's what B-Train wants us to do, talk a little about the defense. And that was very the emphasis during the draft with five of those seven draft picks coming on the defensive side of the ball. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. With the 136th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Marco Wilson, cornerback, Florida. Smart player, too, and that's what they value. Rondell Moore graduated Purdue in two and a half years, and uh, Zayvon Collins was a high school valedictorian. Marco Wilson, aptitude test, off the charts. Smart player with, the, of course, athletic ability. Yeah, he should be known for more than throwing the shoe against LSU. He's a good player, trained by his father, who was a college defensive back. His brother, Quincy Wilson, also in the NFL. Good bloodlines, good intellect. And according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, can play both outside or slot corner at six feet, 191 pounds. The Cardinals' fourth round selection, an opportunity to see him along with Tay Gowan, the Cardinals' sixth round pick, also a corner, but an outside corner. Gowan, six foot, 186 pounds. Both of those two players, MJ, on the field last week during rookie mini camp and again it's only three days it's basically getting your feet wet it's not a lot but it is better than nothing which cardinals and the rest of the nfl had nothing last week or last year i should say as far as work on the field and it was good to see these guys in action and again looking at the height six feet six one it does make a difference at least when you see them out on the field going against uh, some smaller receivers at times yeah when vance was running the uh, seven on seven drill uh, wilson was definitely playing inside and outside he had gowan on the outside lorenzo burns and uh undrafted free agent from uh, arizona he was on the outside so this is the time where you can utilize some different players put them in different positions um but for the most part i like i like that their size you're starting to see more Six feet, six foot one, long arms, corners. Um, we know wide receivers obviously have the uh, height advantage and sometimes the speed, but um, the game is changing. You're going to see some slot re- slot corners this year. They're going to be six foot, uh, six one or six uh, one and a half, just from a long uh, length and covering that slot guy is just as important as the number two and three receiver now. Nine cornerbacks on the roster B train at the moment. We know Malcolm Butler, Robert Alford, Byron Murphy, and then we'll have to wait and see how quickly these rookies, specifically Wilson and Gowan, are able to adjust to the NFL and adjust to the playbook. But I still think that cornerback position, especially opposite Malcolm Butler, there's a question mark, and that means an opportunity for a Wilson or a Gowan to be maybe not week one, but at some point this season come in there and say, all right, that's my job. Open competition is going to be the biggest factor for this team making that next leap, in my opinion. I think as long as you have guys going out there not being given anything and and having to go out there and earn it, I think you're going to see the best come out in all of these young corners. And I think for Coach Joseph, he's going to have a few to be able to choose from. When you start looking at the the inside slide as far as nickel and dime and all these other sub-packages, you need to have a lot of different cornerbacks and guys that can cover in space because that's what a lot of offenses are doing. They're putting 
three, four wide receivers out there, and they're spreading them all over the field. So you have to match them up with the same body types and to ask bigger guys like the, the, the inside linebackers to, to cover these smaller receivers. That's just not fair to those big guys. And so you, you really need uh, at least four. You need four solid cornerbacks in today's NFL to really have a chance to be successful on defense. And though he's not a corner, Buda Baker in that defensive backs room as far as position as, you know, looking at that little room as a whole, someone that can help both a Wilson and Gowan bring them along, something Buda Baker addressed last week on the Big Red Rage. Definitely excited to see what those guys can do. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to see them on the field and, you know, help them out however we can. But for me, being a DB, being a safety, I'm definitely going to have to give them the calls, help them out, whatever they need help with. And um, have a lot of we have a lot of faith in G Money, the corners coach over there. I'm excited to see what these guys can do. Talking about cornerbacks coach Greg Williams, who was also a guest last week or recently on the Big Red Rage and talked specifically about Wilson. Yeah, they like his athleticism. They like his measurables. But there's one thing he needs to work on. As we watched him, we knew that he had talent. You know, he had he has a skill set, just like some of the other elite corners that went earlier in the draft. And uh, it's just a matter of getting consistent. And then we think that he has that in him. So we think the best ball is, is ahead of him. Jay, with all of these rookies, is being consistent not only game in and game out, but during the week of practice as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I do think they're going to have to bring in some veteran corners to kind of flood the position. Do they keep five corners? Do they keep five safeties? Normally you keep nine as a whole. So it'll be interesting. The competition is definitely going to be there after the starters. A lot to get to between now and the starts of training camp at the end of July and the whole month of August. B-Train, always good insight. How about we do it again next week? Why not, man? I mean, let's, let's make it happen. Let's do it. All right, mark it down on your calendar every Tuesday, 11 to noon here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report with myself, Craig Rialu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. We'll talk to you in one week's time right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.